0: Building wealth isn't just about hustle and grind. Every day, huge deals are being made, businesses and properties are changing hands, and a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward. If you want to be part of that small group of people, then this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com that's community.createtailwind.com or check the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway
1: Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver. And with me today, my co-host, Nick Costco. Welcome, Nick.
2: Hey, thanks a bunch for having me. We're going to be brief today, aren't we?
1: We are going to be brief because we've got some great information to share that we just uh, had in the session on the community. And if you haven't checked out our community, it's the Cray Tailwind community. And you can get there by going to community. Dot create tailwind.com
2: You can also go to your friendly Apple or Android store and just type in create tailwind all one word and you'll find us there too. Come in and join and what we're going to just uh, share with you today uh, we had a we had a great live Q a which we have every Thursday at two o'clock. We had a great uh, live Q a and uh, we had recorded it and we said, hey, wait a second. this was a, a good episode uh, to share with our podcast community. And uh, you're gonna learn something. Uh, we address some frequently asked questions. Um, and also you're gonna say, hey, wait a second, maybe I wanna join that live q and I've got a question I wanna ask, and uh, you'll be able to do that.
1: Awesome. Well, without further ado, let's get to the episode. Besides becoming your own banker, what are some other good IBC books? So that's that's a great question uh not in any particular order i would say um a case for ivc warehousing another uh, warehouse. Uh, building building your warehouse of wealth building your warehouse of wealth easy for me to say um, how privatized banking really works um you know i think if you're using it for debt Dwayne burnell's books yeah freedom in the 21st century is, is a good book
2: um for that well you um, think about like if if you're austrian economic minded if you're trying to understand like um a little bit of inner workings of of you know the financial system you know how privatized banking uh, really works is a, is a great tool it kind of depends on your your interest right yeah if you kind of get to yeah. the get to a, the point type of person um the case for Ibc is a great tool. You know, I always say my my mom's favorite of all the books was uh, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. You know, it it, it didn't, it wasn't a technical book to read. You know, it was, it was a little, uh, you know, uh, more abstract, right? And Nelson talks, uh, you get a, you get a Bible lesson in there too. And some history lessons of of the world in there. Um, You know, these aren't IBC books, but you know, what's, what's more important, Jim, right? Like, is it? Is it the policy or is it our behavior? Well, of course, it's our behavior, right? So um, people bring up uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad all the time. It's not an IBC book, but it's about going and playing that game. So you take Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know, uh, play the game cash flow. You want to, if you want to sit and you don't want to read a book, you know, if you got kids under 10 or 12, Get a cash flow for kids. If you got kids over that age and adults, you know, it, people might look at it and see a board game that costs ninety bucks or whatever. But I guarantee you, it's it's better than any financial course uh, you'll ever pay for. Um, you know, at some university or whatnot, right? It, it's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah.
1: I think it's the best. Hundred dollars or less, I think it's a little (laughs) bit less than a hundred bucks. The best hundred dollars you could spend on teaching yourself and um, your children about money and how money works and what the goal is. One of the books I think is just overlooked, and it's one of Kiyosaki's books. And I think it has the worst title of any book that I could imagine him (laughs) putting together, and it's Second Chance. So people think. Well, to read that book I need to need a second chance, but it's such a good book and it in it, the Audible version of it is very good as well. Um but it goes through a lot of information, so a lot of cash flow quadrant, a lot of rich dad poor dad, a lot of of the different books that he's written and um and and it, and it touches on these different concepts and um There's a little bit of the book that's a little bit out there, like, but it's so good. I mean, it's so worth it. And um, I even think that a basic book like The Richest Man in Babylon, just to me, like people think that the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, the message is, you know, pay yourself first. Okay, I get that. You know, save 10 percent of everything that you earn. You know what the biggest message to me in that book is, Nick, is you can't do what everybody else is doing. You know, I mean, so they're sitting on this hill and there's him and his friends and his friends are like, Hey, we've all made about the same amount of money. We we're all about the same age, but yet you're so far ahead of us, you know, what did you do? Or what do you know that we don't know? And he kind of goes through the tenants of what, um, you know, what he learned or what he knew, uh, um, to become the richest man in Babylon. And, and, uh, I like that he was different. And then another thing that he says is invest in what you know. I was just on a call, um, uh, a webinar before this with a person in Utah who works with dentists as business owners, provides all kinds of services to them so that it's turnkey. And I'm just telling you that this woman, she hasn't started infinite banking yet, but her understanding of it is like, she's years ahead of where she should be I, just literally years ahead. And, uh, I, she might be a more advanced than anybody I've ever seen on a first meeting. And, uh, and I told her that, and she's like, already got it, you know, like, okay, I, I want uh, policies on me, on my kids, on my business partners, on my, and I just want as much money flowing through here as I can get instead of flowing through somebody else's bank. And, and I'm, and I just thought, okay uh one like where did you get all that and yeah you know, <laughs> so <clears throat> she's been in business for a long time she's uh, uh a young person like myself so uh <laughs> she obviously has learned a lot of good
2: things along the way everything's relative right and you yeah. got to think about it, like where are you right now you know are you in a mindset that there there's a problem and you're trying to figure out that there's a problem, or have you already figured out there's a problem? And you're like, "Hey, what's the solution?" And you know, to Kiyosaki, you know, it's you know, in second chance. He's really just saying, "Hey, rethink your thinking about what yeah. you thought about yeah. money, right?" And Nelson asks us to do the same thing. He sets it up in the book because if you're not willing to rethink your thinking, if you've got a rival syndrome, none of those two tools are worth a darn, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, uh, that reminds me of another meeting that I had earlier in the week, Nick, and um, this person was like, okay, so my cash value in the first year. And, you know, when, as soon as they said that, I thought, okay, like, is that the goal to have the highest cash value in the first year? And, and, you know, they, they, they believed that they were getting good advice about infinite banking. And they also believed that, and I, and I guess I'll just I'll just tell you what like how it was described. So this person was approached by a Northwestern Mutual agent, right? And the Northwestern Mutual agent, because Northwestern Mutual isn't set up well to do IBC and take loans from Northwestern Mutual, their advice was: I have a bank that'll give you a loan. And uh, so therefore there's no direct recognition. And for anybody in the audience that doesn't, doesn't know what I mean by direct recognition is when you take a loan from certain companies like Northwestern Mutual, they reduce your dividend on the collateralized money. Now remember when you take a loan from your infinite banking system, your money doesn't go anywhere. You're borrowing the insurance company's money. So when you borrow money from Northwestern Mutual from their company, they will reduce what you're being paid on dividends for that collateralized money. Okay. So I don't wanna have a reduction in my dividend, Nick, but the funny thing is is that that's showing that Northwestern Mutual really doesn't want you to do it. But this person says, but I got a solution. I got a bank that'll loan you the money. And I'm like, okay, so now the interest is going to the bank. The bank is controlling everything. The bank can call that line of credit. They could convert it, right? There's all kinds of things. The bank is now back in control. And so, you know, like this person said something like, and, and I know that uh, based on Comdex ratings, Northwestern Mutual is the best company out there. <laughs> because they have a hundred comdex rating well you know again nick i know you already know this but audience you probably don't is in 2008 there was a company actually it's the largest insurance company in the united states happens to be a stock company but it was 100 comdex right it was aig now if you do any reading about aig you'll find out that 30 days later they were insolvent and we had to bail them out. And the reason we had to bail them out is they had gambled, heavily gambled. I'm not. Talk, I'm talking about roulette, maybe Russian roulette. And um, it was AIG had invested in derivatives. And if you understand derivatives, the derivative market is a, is a multiple of the world's GDP, which it's, means that they could bring down the whole, uh, the, the global economy. Because it's you know it's 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 gambling. It's a bet 20 people in a division in London, England for AIG almost took down the largest insurance company in, in the country. But let me ask you a question. I mean, the ratings companies, they had to know about this derivatives division, right? Uh, sure. So that had to be a potential liability how were they rated 100
2: on comdex there's no um responsibility in the rating right right I, Not I mean fiduciaries i mean they're it's they're, they're, they're for uh, sale. Paid, paid, paid for right those of you that don't know what a derivative is it's basically an insurance contract on an insurance contract which can keep going and as warren buffett said um they are financial nuclear weapons yeah And they are not to be played with. And, you know, to Jim's point, some of the carriers that are most ideal for IBC don't have the highest ratings because they don't play in the derivatives market. They're not they're not uh, swimming, uh, you know, with the current of the financial currents uh, in that regard because they're so ridiculously conservative. Jim, we have a I don't know if you remember this conversation a week or so ago, we got another. New client who had a, was talking to uh, another friendly Northwestern person, and that guy was encouraging him to do IBC so much that he actually got an illustration from a different carrier to show this client. <laughs> so uh, wow. he knew he knew that Northwestern Mutual was not ideal for this, or that there was some there's some uh, you know penalty to him using his product to do ibc that he went to uh an outside shop to get an illustration it's yeah. fascinating yeah. to me
1: <laughs> now think about this for a second though nick <laughs> is you're gonna have these policies for 20 30 40 50 60 years in some cases right i mean nelson had a policy in 2018 when he passed was it 2018? Uh, 2018 2019? uh 2019 in and he bought it in the 1950s okay so almost 70 years he had that policy do you want to be with a company that doesn't like what you're doing for 70 years (laughs) i mean uh you know most of the time when you meet somebody that is uh you know they're celebrating their 75th wedding anniversary it's not because they're on separate pages you know it's not because one of them likes uh Italian food and the other one hates it. You know, I mean they're they're in sync. And so yeah. I want to be in sync with my insurance companies. And 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 so um
2: Yeah, how's the servicing? Really important. Work? Yeah, how's the servicing work in that situation? Right? Like, yeah. hey, you want a loan? Like, look, look, you know, our our awesome office manager Kelly, you know, had three days away with her with her daughter and and by all means, deserve that. And we had some client requests this morning where we had some kind of urgent loan requests. Guess yeah, what? Yeah. Look what's happening. Our clients are going to have their money tomorrow. Yeah. On Good Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty uh, incredible. Right.
1: That's very <laughs> incredible. And, and, you know, we on the flip side of that, I had a client today that was uh, about seven or eight years into their IBC experience in building their um, IBC system, and they um, had a um, loan request. It's been over three weeks with a company that is going through some struggles um, up in Ohio that we used to think was, was a solid company. I would tell you that this person is, you know, they're not like desperate for the money, but they're frustrated. You know, what, what if you missed out on an opportunity because of that? Yeah. I mean, to me, that's just, that's not forgivable.
2: But what other, what other questions does the audience have today? Don't like, like we said, raise your hand, type in the, the uh, Q and a box um, there. And uh, what, what else has been on, what else has come before us here, uh, Jim? I mean, we, we had a conversation earlier with a newer client and, you know, he had, he had two quick questions, you know, once okay. I showed him our, our, our offer and one was, uh, how long does it take to get a loan that first time? You know, he, he was unclear, you know, cause he was just so excited about funding his policies. Like, Hey, but you know, I'm going to put 30,000 into this thing. What if I have a need in my business? Um, uh, you know, pretty quickly, he goes, I'm, I'm a solopreneur, you know, uh, was his, was his words. And I said, yeah. listen, you put that 30K in, you you can borrow 18 of that right away. I so said, I'm not gonna try to over promise you, but you know, roughly 20 days on that first one. We've got some some behind the scenes things that happen in terms of establishing the policy. And there are cases we could do it faster for you. But those things aren't necessarily in our control when you establish the policy. After that can happen extremely quickly. And his next question was, how long do I need to fund the, the paid up additions and how long do I need to fund the base? That's what he was thinking about. So you wanna talk about that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, on on funding the the PUA and funding the base, you have to look at what those two different things represent, right? And imagine it being two different columns of a ledger. And let's start on the left side of the ledger if you're visualizing this. And those all those dollars are dollar for dollar. And I'm just gonna use 100,000, um, Nick, because it's a round number, we can see the percentages. So if I'm yeah. putting $100,000 a year into my infinite banking system, then on the left side, the PUA side, I'm gonna put in 60,000. And that first year, I'm gonna have 60,000 to use, right? It's always dollar for dollar, doesn't matter what year you fund. On the whole life side, because you really are establishing something that you're gonna be the customer and the owner of, right? And, um, and the owner always makes it an investment in the beginning. You're gonna have, let's just say 60%, a little, maybe a little bit better available on, uh, uh, on the total amount, but on the 40,000, you're gonna have like very little, like say 2,000, okay? So that means okay. I'm gonna put in 100, I'm gonna have about 60-ish right? Maybe 62, somewhere in that range. All right. So in the beginning you think, well, that's not a very good deal. Why would I ever do that? Right. Okay. But (laughs) the next year you're going to have 95% of what you put in, right? So you're going to put in a hundred, have about 95. The next year it's about the same. And then the third year, it's going to be really, really close to dollar for dollar, or, I mean, the fourth year, really close to dollar for dollar, or maybe even a little bit better. It takes three years, kind of, let's say to um, fund your business. Cause now you have a banking business. And what I mean by that is every dollar that comes in, you have more than a dollar to, to use. And it only gets better and better every single year. Right? So, yeah. so imagine in our, in our ledger, right on the left side, We have dollar for dollar coming in. And on the right side, we start to see this leveraging. So I'm gonna put in 40, let's say I'm gonna have 45, really doesn't matter. Anytime I have more than what I put in. And I know that every single year that's gonna get better and better and better. Every year, guaranteed. Well, why do I still wanna put money in in a fund that's dollar for dollar? Well, I probably don't if I understand that what Nelson says in the book that I'm gonna need a series of policies, okay? If If I only have one policy and for whatever reason, I'm not thinking of it as a series of policies, then maybe I keep on funding the PUA, right? But here's the cool thing. It's the same policy. If I fund the PUA in the fifth year, if I don't fund it in the fourth year, it's the same policy. And with the companies that we use, we can go multiple years without funding it and then kick it in again. So if I have a windfall or something like that, right? So I have a lot of flexibility, but where I'm getting the most bang for my buck is on the base whole life side. Because in year 10, I might, in that policy that I mentioned, the 100,000 with 40,000 a base and 60,000 a PUA. I might put in like 40,000, Nick, and have 60,000 to use. Okay, so let me ask you a question. You write me a check for 40,000, I turn around and write you one for 60,000. You okay with that? Absolutely. How many times today do you wanna do that? Well, how many times will you do it? (laughs) Exactly, as many as I will, right? Now, here's another question. And, and I want the audience to think about this in their head. That first check with that, ra- that, that uh, ratio, I put in 40, I have 60 to use. How big do I want that first check? Yeah, that's where Nelson says, don't be afraid to capitalize. <laughs> don't be afraid to capitalize. I mean, if I could write the check for 4 million, even if I had to borrow the 4 million, and you're gonna give me access to 6 million, I'm good. Because yeah. guess what? I win. Cause I'm gonna yeah. go put 6 million in motion and it only cost me four to do it.
2: Yeah, it, it just comes down to, you know, really understanding Nelson's principles and then go and putting it to work. So it's, now I gotta think, I've capitalized on my system, we're not putting this money on the shelf, right? It's not that it's some investment that I'm getting a bill for every year or every month that I'm going to go, I got to part with that money. I mean, you and I both get bills on the mail all the time, I don't really care to pay those things, but when right. I get a premium notice, that's different, right? That means I get to take my money out of my commercial bank and put it in to a, a financial institution that I own and control. And right. then what do we do? We go put it to work. And and it's that constant motion of thinking like the bank, the bank's lending department uh, is arguably the most important department. And we got to go. We got to go find a place to put it to work. And you know, if you're if you're at the place where you got a lot of debt and you need to go recapture some of that interest that you're paying to other institutions and wipe out those debts, if you're if you're ready to go put it to work for cash flow assets. Find the who's, find the who's that, that can provide deal flow for you.
1: So if you were an executive, let's say you're working at, um, whatever public company, like let's say Twitter. Okay. We're going to use Twitter today, right? Cause Twitter's in the headlines and you have <laughs> stock options, right? Okay. And one of those, um, comes up and you, you, you have the ability to exercise it. Right. How does that work? I mean, you got an option at a price, right? Yeah, I get to buy it. Right, and then- that price. You get to buy it at that price, and then it could be worth more than what you were offered on that option, right? And so, like, let's just say that it was, the price was, that your option was for a dollar and the current price was $2. Would you see that as a bill? Like, oh, my gosh, they, they say I can put a million dollars in that. I don't want to do that. Like you you couldn't write the check fast enough, right? I mean, to me, yeah. that's what you're doing is you, yeah, got, like that. You, you got something that came in and it says, hey, uh, your stock price of this insurance company is $40. And for your $40, we're going to give you $60 worth of uh, stock and access to $60. And it's even better than that because, hey, by the way, you can borrow some of our money against that $60,000 and go put it in play while your $60,000 is still here.
2: Now, Jim, wait a second. With the policy, if you put in 40 and get 60 to use, there's gotta be a catch.
1: Well, there, yeah, there's a catch. You gotta pay 4% interest currently, might be five if you have an older policy on that 60,000. Okay. so. To you use know, think, it.
2: That's to use it, to put it to work, but there's no catch to for your cash value balance to go up. There's no. a catch there, there, there. There's no catch, but like, I I follow your analogy with the stock options, but in so many of those things, there's a catch, yeah. right? Yeah. Your catch could be in your stock. That might sound great, but you can't sell it for six months, Right. something like that. Right. right. Like there's, there's, they, they got your hooks in you some way. It's not, never a, a good deal, but with the policy, um, there's a catch. So let me, let me ask you another question because this this question did come in from a client yesterday and I, I answered him. He said, hey, and this guy is in his early sixties. He's a budding real estate investor. Um, he's working on capitalizing his first policy and he's mulling over expansion. Okay. okay. And he said, Nick, is there, what are the differences between a policy and using like a Roth? And he said, do you have anything I could read? You got any videos? Um, So I'll share what, after you share a little bit, I'll share what I said to him.
1: Well, there's a lot of things different, but you know, let's, uh, there's a, there's a couple of places that I normally go when somebody asks this question, but let's just talk about a Roth in general first, right? Cause then this will kind of answer the question is, can you put unlimited amounts of money in a Roth? Nope. No. Is the government in control of the rules of the Roth? Yes. Okay. So, you know, and people say, well, it's not taxable. I've already paid the tax on that. right. Did you know Social Security originally was never going to be taxable? But when the government controls something, then all bets are off. And if you are one of those people that say, I believe in the government, I think everybody running the government is. I mean, if if you're that person, then infinite banking and freedom is not for you. You know, uh, uh, dependence and slavery is for you. And then all you can do is hope to be a house slave, not a field slave. So I hope you're a doctor, I hope you're an attorney, I hope you're making a lot of money. And that way you can be happy paying all your money in taxes and being controlled. And when someday on your deathbed, if you ever wake up, you're gonna say, oh my gosh, right? So that's the first place that I would start. The second is when you have a Roth, okay? And you're gonna take a loan, assuming you could take a loan from that Roth, Okay. What happens to the what if, if I took out, uh, let's say I had a, a $100,000 balance and I took out 50 grand? What's growing? 50. That's right. Okay. So if I have a life insurance contract and I borrow money from the insurance company and I still, and I have $100,000 of cash value, how much
2: is growing? And you borrow, and you borrow 50, all 100 is still growing. All hundred is still growing.
1: That's right, and and who decides? Like you know, like let's say I have a Roth, and um, I could borrow money from the Roth, but um, you know I have all these different rules, and I have all this, you know, I mean I have all these different kind of nuances that I don't really understand. In the life insurance contract, who's the most important player in the play? The owner. The owner. The owner has ultimate control. Who owns the
2: policy? The policy owner, the the customer, the insured. You're not always the insured, but you know what I mean? So what
1: what control does the government have over my insurance policy? Zero. Zero. What control does the government have over my Roth? All, All of it. All of it. They made the rules. They made the rules, told me they were giving me a tax break. Aren't you a little suspicious that, I mean, Nick, let me ask you a serious question in your entire life. Has it ever worked out well for you when the government makes the rules on your money?
2: Uh, No, as Nelson would say, every government plan has wound up doing the exact opposite of what it was intended to do.
1: You know why, right? Corruption and greed, Okay, now what Chase. Nelson would say too is the life insurance contract is a contract between um, between individuals, right? It's between. It's not part of the government. It's on the you and me level, right? Yeah, there you go. And 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 so, uh, you know, to me, all of the other shortcomings of the Roth, because um, I want to hear what you said, and I kind of maybe know some of the things that maybe you said but all of the shortcomings really don't matter when you just, you know, it's, it's kind of like that person that says, I'm gonna go get a better uh, interest rate from the bank. I'm gonna borrow from the bank. Okay, well, do you realize <laughs> the pitfalls that you have? I'm gonna go buy universal life because my, my cash value in the first year is higher than, than anything else.
2: Right, Yeah. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I said two things. Because I I knew I was just reminding him, okay. And, and the first thing was I I I asked him has the, what's the government's track record, right? And in, in, uh, with their government programs, and and then number two, you know, this guy's trying to put money to work into cash flow assets and have cash flow to live on. And I said, can you do that effectively with the Roth? You, there's, and he was like, oh, no. I said, with the with that, there's a lot of rules about how, um, how you use the proceeds off of the quote unquote investment. I said, with the life insurance contract, you could literally take a max policy loan and go to Vegas with it and never pay it back. Like there's no rules to it. You are, to your point, the owner, you're in first position, right? Nelson said, we need to get banking back to the you and me little. And, you know, what's the golden rule, Jim? Whoever, Whoever has gold the gold the rules. makes the rules, that's right. right? So who's in charge? And if you read, Nelson just belabored this once he realized on, on his hands and knees in prayer in the early 80s, the, the provisions of the contract says, we're in control, Yeah, right? I don't have to ask for the loan. I don't, I don't have to beg uh, about what I'm going to do with it. I don't have to give you my FICO. Uh, none of that. Right. We are in control. And um, he just responded, you know, I think I got one sentence back. Excellent. Thanks for the reminders. <laughs> you know, I, I just knew he, it, you know, it's kind of like the bike, the backwards bike. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it's been a couple months since we talked. I saw him on the Q and a, you know, a month or so ago, he just forgot he had to be uh, put back on the bike again.
1: Yeah. You know, it, um, it's funny because that noise is constantly fighting against our progress. Right. <laughs> and, um, in in reminding people, I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we have this community. That's why we're putting the courses in the community and it's to help people Eliminate that noise. And you might go through and like watch one more lesson of of one of the basic courses and say, oh, yeah, I just needed to remind myself of that. I just needed to, you know, just the reinforcement. But what it kind of reminds me, Nick, is, you know, when you're planning your future and you're planning your financial freedom and one, you got to know what the goal is right? It's not to build up this pool of money and then live off it for the rest of your life and hope that you don't run out of money. Okay, That's what they want to sell you because then Wall Street and the banks get to control you for your entire life and the the government. Because look, the government's not happy just controlling you for the 20, 30, 40 years that you're accumulating money, but then they want to control you while you're distributing the money. It's called required minimum distributions, right? What if I don't need the money? What if I hit the lottery? What if my, I sold my business? What if my you know, rich uncle died? I don't want to spend the yeah. money. No, no, no. You need to spend the money. We want the tax, right? But it comes down to this. When it comes to your financial future, do you want failure to be an option or do you want failure not to be an option? Not to be an option not to be an option. So why would I try to save a half a point by using an outside bank or whatever? I don't even care if it was two points Um, and it's not, but let's just say it was. Why would I wanna let the government control my money? Why would I put up those threats? Why would I allow those threats in my life? Because as long, and, and so if I'm in control The only thing that can happen is I can make some really stupid decisions or make some mistakes. By the way, the latter you're going to do, you're going to make mistakes, but guess what? If I'm educating myself, right. Then I'm not going to make a lot of mistakes. Do you have any doubt in your mind that if you hired one of the best, I mean, world-class marathon coaches and they gave you a year, right. To train for a marathon you have any doubt in your mind that you could finish the marathon?
2: No, I don't want to stretch out over a year, Jim. I want to do like 12 weeks. got all, <laughs> all, right. all my knees will handle. But uh, yes, you're, 40, I, you're,
1: I you're 45. Look, at 56, I'm thinking I might need a year to get to that point. I probably don't, but you know what I'm saying. So my point yeah. is, is that um, in all of these other things, somebody is saying, hey, I'll go run for you, and then I'll let you know how we did Hey, you know what? Today I was just a little <laughs> tired. You know, I didn't really run that hard. Well, okay. How did I do? Um, well, you get, you get 3% on your, on your run. Hey, you know what? I didn't run for a week. You lost money, right? Like, like give me the <laughs> opportunity to go with the miles in, Right. I mean, are yeah, you bet not the miles in.
2: Huh? Yeah. People are always, they don't have enough self-confidence to bet on themselves. Yeah. We've been so, we've been so pantsed. Honestly, um, you know, the Bible says that our, that, that our lives are like vapor,
1: right? They're short. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we don't, I mean, you wouldn't want to, you know, like, could you imagine, you know, you're 20 years old, you got a billion dollars. Like what, what, what's an amount that you like, I can't mess that up. And you're just like, well, what are you going to do? I it's think you're going to sit up, you're going to sit on the uh, beach for the rest of your life, play golf every day for the rest of your life. I mean, uh, first of all, I feel sorry for rich kids like that. Okay, number one, but number two, <laughs> when I'm 90 years old, I go, well, that was a pretty boring movie. You know, that movie was pretty boring. Nothing really happened. I mean, the movies that we love is the struggle is the, is the, you know, hey, I, I took a swing and I failed and I learned this and you know what, the next time I, I, I hit a home run, you know, it's, it's that. If somebody hit a home run every single time they were up, that would be boring. You want to see the struggle. You want to see the overcome uh, obstacles. And when we're looking at financial freedom and what IBC does is IBC aligns with financial freedom, with financial independence. Now, our whole childhoods, all we're trying to be is independent, right? Now, maybe not this, this, this generation is too. I was going to give a knock on this, or on these young guys. I don't want Harper coming after me though. <laughs> um, and, uh, but no, everybody wants sick on you. Everybody wants uh, uh, freedom, right? I mean, what's the alternative to freedom? Slavery. What's the alternative to independence? Slavery dependence right i mean being oh, in slavery yeah but but it's everything that we go to for, for the government everything any any break that we get from the government makes us dependent and a slave the there's banks, always a catch there's always a catch and governments are look we live in the greatest country in the world doesn't mean our government isn't corrupt Doesn't mean the people that are running it aren't corrupt. They are. They're they're practicing legal plunder. They are stealing from us on a daily basis. Okay. Well, if somebody steals from me, guess what? I I want to limit how much they're stealing from me because they're doing it legally. And they might not be subject to man's laws, right? But they are subject to God's laws. And one of these days. They're going to pay for that plunder, legal or not. So it's not my job for that, to take care of that. But that means I got to do everything that I can do within the law to fight against that and to yeah. use their rules and use their, the opportunities and the loopholes and everything else to my favor. Or yeah. I'm just dependent and I'm a slave which at the end of my life, I will kick myself for being that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, here's the thing we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up here. Cause I know our time's about up. I, I think, you know, we're grateful that so many people that we talk to so many people in this com- community, they, they, they figured out that there's a problem, right? But what we're talking about here is when we're, when we're right here in this conversation, it's easy to agree, right? It's easy for you. Yeah, that's right. That's right but be equipped when you leave here and you go out into the world, just know the entire system is geared to get money to flow away from you and for other people to be in control of you and your money. Right. And we have to fight that nature. Remember that's just, that would be just going with the flow and only the dead fish go with the flow. So, you know, go back to the core principles, go back and, and read uh, a page or two or more of Nelson's books and um, pick up some Robert Kiyosaki, listen to these recordings, watch a section of Tax Invisible or Becoming Your Own Banker on here in the, the coming uh, videos that we've got going on. So it, it takes some effort, right? Um, but once you see it and you do it long enough, you're just not gonna get fooled so easily on a day in and day out basis. I know you and I, we can't go anywhere and do a financial transaction the same way anymore. Like we're watching the guy in front of us Find something at Target going, well, there, there goes, you see their bills for 500 bucks. like, well, there's lost opportunity cost. I don't care if you're paying the credit card or not. (laughs) Like we just know it's just a totally different thing for us. So uh, don't feel bad if you fall off the bike, Uh, just be able to recognize that and reach back to us. Uh, We're your coaches, your guides uh, to help you along. But uh, that's my closing words, Jim. Thanks for everybody for uh, coming today. Uh, Thanks for the questions that have been asked throughout the week. And um, we'll be back next week.
1: Sounds great. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Later. All right, Nick. Well, you know what? I uh, I really like those Q&As. And I like today just talking about some of the, the questions that we had. And I know that sometimes people are hesitant to ask questions. And it just reminds me of when I was learning this and I had uh, the best person to ask questions that you could ever uh, hope for or wish for. <laughs> And that was R. Nelson Nash, but I sometimes would be a little bit nervous about asking him questions because he, you know, I thought, well, he's going to think this is the dumbest question in the world. And he never did. He, he, as, as you know, he was one of the most gracious, uh, people that you would ever meet in your life and patient people. And so he would answer my question normally not directly. Okay. But he would give me the path to find the answer myself, which I am truly grateful for. But I bring this up, Nick, because I want to I, I, I tell people this and we tell people this is that you can ask us any question you want. And and I think that that's powerful, because if you're sitting there going, hey, um, I get infinite banking, but I have these questions. Right. I'll tell you what, we have people sometimes they take up half or more of the Q&A. They'll just keep on firing questions. They're on a roll that day. And I love it because that means you're seeking knowledge, right? But knowledge doesn't equal understanding. That's where the Q and A comes in. If you wanna understand infinite banking better, be on those Q and A's. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again.
0: We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today.